This is Yeah, That Soccer Show. Your one-stop shop for all your soccer coverage in Greenville and the upstate. We want this show to be driven by you. So make sure you send us an email at yeahthatsoccershow at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at YTSS Podcast. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome in, everybody. What is up? Episode number 61 of Yeah That Soccer Show. We're back with you here as we move towards the second season for the Greenville Triumph. Preseason is, uh, for the most part, over at least the part that's accessible to the public. Uh, I know that there is a friendly match happening against Furman coming up next week, but uh, and uh, maybe other things that we're unaware of that are going on. Uh, but for now, we have some matches to talk about, some matches against championship competition, uh, and some really impressive results for the Triumph in preseason. You know, they've been getting a lot of plaudits from the League One think pieces, the podcasts, uh, the articles that are going up. Everyone is very high on the Triumph going into year two. And I think for good reason. They're returning a strong core of players. They've added some very, very high-quality pieces and uh, they've been very impressive against really good competition in the preseason. So we're going to break down a lot of that stuff in this episode, but want to go over the results first of our uh, preseason matches against the championship opponents. So first up was a 1-0 victory over the Charleston Battery, where Aaron Walker scored a penalty kick. To and that was all that was needed. He almost scored a second one at some point in the game, but uh, that was all that was needed to get the victory over Charleston. Then up at Bob Jones, the Triumph fell to the Charlotte Independence two to nil. Uh, here's the deal: that match will. It, it was very interesting. Coach Harks doing a lot of really interesting stuff in that match. I think once uh, you know Charlotte scored a goal very early, and I think at that point. You you don't play preseason matches to try and win. I think you want to win everything you play in, but it's really more to to work on uh, preseason to try things. And so one of the things you saw in that match was uh, Coach Harks obviously rotating in a lot of trialists, switching up folks in different positions, even trying out some different formations. You know, we saw the triumph last year basically run an exclusive 4-3-3 formation for almost the entire year, almost every minute of every match. Uh, in this match, he, especially in the second half, he was kind of doing everything. He was 4-4-2, he was 3-5-2, uh, it, it was just all over the place. He, it, it was interesting to see uh, a two-man attack, to see a three-man backfield, four-man midfield, just a whole variety of different things going on. And, uh, it was interesting. I think it was, I think some of the things really worked. I think some of the things didn't work. And I think that's why you, you try those things in the preseason. Um, I'm going to play an interview that we did with coach Harks after that Charlotte independence match here in just a bit where he talks a little bit about that. I asked him specifically about trying up the different formations and what he thought coming out of that match. Uh, another interesting thing out of that match, uh, Trevor Schwartz, who has been officially signed to the team. Uh, I think the announcement came after that match at some point, uh, a defender who has played almost exclusively at left back, uh, almost in that Tyler Pollock position, which is great. That gives us depth or maybe even pushes Tyler for some starting time. I think Ty- Trevor is good enough to to do that. He's been very impressive to me in the preseason. 
Uh, but he was taking all the free kicks and all the corners from what I could tell. He's He's got a good leg. He's got good ability to put the ball into the box, into positions. Um, that was the other one I wanted to talk about in the formations. One When Jake Keegan finally got some minutes uh, at the end of that match, he was actually out on the left wing. He wasn't playing centrally, which I thought was very interesting. I think we almost exclusively saw him playing in the nine role last season. So to see him out wide was uh, interesting, but jarring. And I think, uh, I think it, look, here's the deal. Anytime players can play multiple positions or in, in multiple spots on the field, that gives you flexibility tactically uh, to be able to switch things up. If things aren't working, you're not able to, to you know, Jake's a, a smaller, pacier striker. And if he's not able to break through a back line, perhaps you push him out on the wing. You put a guy like Lachlan McLean in there. He's a little bit bulkier, a little thicker. Or even a J.J. Donnelly, who is who is tall and thin and, and has the height that Jake doesn't have. So it's just interesting. Anytime guys can play multiple positions, it just gives you flexibility. It gives you the opportunity to do different things. And I think... We're going to go through some of the new signings so far this season, but I think what you will see is that guys that left that are no longer on the team from last year have been replaced by guys who are much more versatile overall that can play a lot of different positions. And uh, I think that's going to benefit this team overall in terms of depth. You know, last year we talked about a small roster. When guys did get hurt, it seemed like he didn't have a really good replacement for them. I still think there's some areas that the team could improve. We'll talk about that. Uh, but I think what you have found so far with the signings is you've got folks that can play multiple spots on the field and give you a lot of added depth in those positions. So before we get to talking about the roster and where we stand, what changes we've made and, and what things we're going to see going forward, uh, we're going to, we're going to take a break to hear from coach Harks following the two nil loss to the Charlotte independents. Uh, but first off, I forgot to mention this one. We had a 2-1 win on the road over North Carolina FC, a very good USL championship team. Goals scored there by newcomer Alex Morell, and at the time, trialist Noah Palato, but he has since been signed as well. So two guys, two new guys to the Triumph getting on the score sheet up in Cary, North Carolina. So we're going to take a break. We're going to get here from uh, Coach Harks post-Charlotte game, and then after that we'll have a break and we'll come back and talk about the roster. Coach, another cold one tonight. What are your thoughts about the game today? What are you taking away from tonight's match? Uh, it was good. It was a great run out. Um, I thought Mike and his team played extremely well. Uh, style of play is great. It's different than you know the opposition we had last week. Uh, so it made us think a lot more on the field and the way that our guys had to react. And, and it was good to see... Don't always welcome it, but when you get scored on early, you want to see what the response is like and how they kind of figure things out for themselves. And I think we kind of lifted our game after that and competed a little bit more. Um, you know, second half we had chances. We had some opportunities. I thought speed of play from them was very good and their movement was excellent. Um, and we just didn't capitalize on some of the chances we had. But again, it was more about can we stay in the game and then find ways to maybe get one back in there but overall great test for us early in the season like this in the preseason and uh you know full dues to mike coming down here and just offering the opportunity to play you guys so thank you look like you experimented a little bit with positioning formation trying some guys in some different spots mm -hmm. um throughout the match just wonder what your thoughts were on how that went what why you were kind of tweaking and testing things out 
Yeah, I think it's, you know, if you don't do it now, when are you going to do it? Um, for us, it was just, can we put guys in different situations on the field to see what kind of their characteristic traits are going to be like and how their accountability is. Um, and then, you know, with the trialist too, bringing Harry Hawkins in, you know, getting him in for half as well as his left center back was good. Um, and look, I mean, some of the guys are coming off of injuries. Um, Abdi Mohammed is injured right now. We didn't want to risk him. He's got a little bit of a quad strain. Um, you know, Aaron Walker's the same. He kind of tweaked his quad during the week in training, so we didn't want to risk it this early in the in the preseason. Um, that's not what these games are for. The games are really – it's not for the wing columns. It's more about, like, just, again, a, kind of assessing where we're at and seeing different guys on trial and letting them have a platform to show us what they're about. But, yeah, we went from – we were kind of in a – 4-3-3 in the first half. Um, I wanted to get us into more of a 4-4-2 second half, and that's why with Lachlan coming in there and bringing Keegan on for 30 minutes, I think it was his first minutes back. I saw I'm really happy to see him healthy right now with the broken foot. Um, so that th- those are little kind of goals that we've achieved tonight is just seeing Jay Keegan back in action, which is nice. And then, you know, some of the other guys I thought – really did a good job of competing and Caesar Mario who um, you know we gave him a start from the uh, from the beginning tonight uh, same with Trevor you know Trevor Schwartz who really stood up tall and made a goal line save down there a couple of blocks did extremely well but good leadership overall we had to solve some problems on the field quick tonight the speed of play was a lot faster you know from Charlotte and you know, with them going into their this their fourth game of the season, so you could kind of look at us and go, "Man, the conditioning's not there yet, but it'll get there for sure." Welcome back to episode sixty-one of Yeah That Soccer Show. Let's take a minute now to get back into the roster movement for year number two. So last year in two thousand nineteen. To 2020, we're going to go position by position to tell you how many people we had on the roster at the end of last year versus how many we have currently in 2020. See where we have our needs. So last year at the end of the year, we had three goalkeepers. Currently, we only have two. So we are one shy of that number uh, from the end of the year. Defenders, we are exactly where we were at the end of last year. We had six. We have six currently. Now, they've shifted around some. We'll get into that in just a minute. Midfielders, we had eight. We currently have seven. And forwards, we had four, and we currently have four. So we had 21 guys on the roster at the end of last season, uh, and we had we had two additional guys, uh, two academy guys that that weren't in that weren't factored in there. But uh, 21 senior roster players. Now we have 19 senior roster players. So we're too shy of where we were at the end of last season. Uh, but I think. Hopefully, I think the team would want to have more than that 21 just to kind of give you a little more buffer, a little more depth at certain positions. Now, they're going to be a little restricted in terms of who they can sign. I think that they have used all of their international slots. So aside from trading one or getting someone on a work visa green card so that they did not have to occupy an international slot, that would be the only way around that currently. Uh, so let's look at some of the changes we have made. So last year, two goalkeepers that we did not have. Uh, well, okay. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to go through all the guys that are returning. You know them. You love them. They're the players, uh, a strong core returning from last year. Here are the guys that left and the guys that have replaced them. So at goalkeeper, we had Miguel Uribe and David Grex- Grexek. 
at the end of last year. They are gone. Uh, although Miguel was trialing with the team, uh, there's no been there's been no formal announcement of him resigning or being let go. But uh, I have my doubts that that's going to happen just because of the international issue. So you had uh, Miguel and David, and you have replaced them with Paul Christensen. Now, to me, Paul Christensen is a great upgrade at your backup goalkeeper. I think he's a guy that could step in with almost uh, not a major step down when and if. Uh, either Dallas gets injured or Dallas is out on international duty this year. You know, I think last year that was a thing where uh, that made you nervous. I don't think that makes you as nervous this year. Uh, On the defensive back line, four guys left and you've brought four guys in. So you lost Dominic Bolin, uh, Ryong Choi, Kevin Pollitz, and Cole Seiler. Now look, here's the deal. Dominic Bolin played a good bit last year. He was great out on the right wing. That's a place where you have essentially replaced him with Abdi Muhammad who has been playing out on that right wing uh, for the preseason. I think Abdi is a step up from Dom. I think he has more professional experience. I think he's he's better developed, um, and I think he's got more speed and skill out there on the wing. It also helps that his cousin plays for the Triumph. I think there's some built-in chemistry there that comes right off the bat. Uh, Kevin Pollitz, you sold him. He he moved up to the championship level. You've swapped him for Brandon Fricky. Essentially, they're playing the same position. Again, I think Fricky is every bit as good as Kevin Pollitz. I think he's more vocal than Kevin. So I won't say it's an upgrade, but I'll think I'll say it's a it's a neutral move. It's a it's the the only upgrade there would be you have a more vocal leader, a guy who was a captain of his team up in Lansing. So maybe it's a slight upgrade from Kevin, but you guys know on the podcast, Kevin was my favorite player in year one for the triumph. Um, Cole Seiler, you're losing him. Now look, he was a, the heart and soul of this team in a lot of ways. He was the local guy. This was his hometown club. You're not, it's hard to say who's replacing Cole because he's, he didn't really play a specific position. He played at center back. Some he played at outside back. Some he played at midfield. Some, um, but you've, and then you lost Ryong Choi who barely played at all last year. So anything from him is an upgrade. Uh, so if you're looking at Choi and Siler, you're, you're the other two center backs you're adding are Cesar Murillo and Trevor Schwartz, both guys who've looked very impressive in preseason. You heard Harks talk about it after that Charlotte match. They both got starts in that Charlotte match. They both looked really good. Uh, Trevor Schwartz has been playing almost exclusively out at the left back position where Tyler Pollock typically plays. I think Trevor's a guy that could push Tyler for starting time. I think he's a guy that uh, could could he'd be great depth if nothing else. But maybe you see Tyler play a little more centrally. You know, he's getting a little bit older. Maybe he's he's not as quick out there on that wing. I know that was a criticism I lobbied at him early last year that came back to bite me when he when he really showed me up and uh, and really started stepping up for this team. But uh, I think Trevor's a good addition. I think Cesar is a good addition depth piece at center back. I think he could fill in, you know, really at any position. He played out on the right a little bit during the preseason as well. When we go to the midfield, we lost Sammy Gadiri, uh, Travis Ward, and Chris Bermudez. Gadiri and Ward, neither guy played a ton. Both of them showed some signs early in the season of potentially being really good pieces for the team, but wound up just really not fitting into the overall chemistry or not being the best player at their position or not being extremely versatile. I don't really know what the issue was with those two guys. Uh, Chris Bermudez, on the other hand, was a, a vital part of this team, a regular 
almost inked into the starting 11. Uh, I think you, you thought he was coming back this year. They got a last-minute offer from the Real Monarchs that was too good to pass up. I'm sure Chris wanted to uh, move up and further his career as well. So you lose him. You've replaced him with, with Colin Stripling, who comes over from FC Tucson. Look, I think he's uh, he hasn't done anything super magical in the preseason, but I don't think that that's necessary for him. He's going to be more of a defensive midfielder, I think. Uh, I don't even know if he's going to be – inked into your starting 11. I think he's a depth piece, if nothing else. So, you know, Gadiri Ward, I think he's probably better than either of those guys in terms of what he brings to his position. I think you'll he's a guy you'll probably see on the field more than you saw those two guys last year. Uh, and then the other guy you've signed is Noah Pilato, and he has looked really good in the preseason. I think he typically plays more of that defensive midfield, that six position, but he's a guy that can get up and score, um, and he obviously scored in the in the North Carolina FC game. So look, he's he's a good piece. I think he's 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 a great piece. Now you you're not you haven't replaced Bermudez yet with anybody of his caliber and quality, and that's a position maybe the team is looking to fill. Uh, but right now, I think that's that's a little bit of a hole from last year. Moving on, finally, to the forwards, you lost Edmundo Robinson and Cameron Saul, and you've replaced them with Alex Morrell and Lachlan McLean. Now, look, if you've been listening to this podcast at all in the lead-up to the season, you know how high I am on both Lachlan and Alex. I think both of these are not just step-ups from the two guys you lost from last year, but major step-ups. Um, I think Alex Morrell is one of the most undervalued pieces from League One last year. And I think Lachlan McLean is a guy in the preseason that has really, really impressed me. Um, And I think he's a guy that brings something so different to the attack of the triumph that I don't think they really had last year. He's most similar, I think, to Cameron Saul, but Cam did not have the speed and the knack for the goal, I think, that Lachlan has. Lachlan has this tenacity about him that Cam just – uh, he was great hold-up play. He was good w- playing with his back to goal, but he just didn't have that final touch all, all the time. And uh, granted, Lachlan hasn't scored a goal yet in preseason, but he's had really good chances, and he he seems determined to to make that work. So I think I think that's an upgrade at those positions. So now that we've talked about who left and who has been added to the team. So far this offseason, let's talk about the trialists so far. Um, a couple of them, we talked about them a little bit on the last podcast, most of them at least. So we've had four trialists so far actually get signed to the team. Uh, Lachlan McLean, Noah Pilato, Trevor Schwartz, and Cesar Murillo, all four guys that I was very high on. Initially, when we started walking through them and looking at these guys, um, the folks that have not signed yet are not all that surprising to me. Alex Tejera, who has not stood out to me in either of the games that I've watched, um, you know, did see him play, but nothing, nothing that I saw that screamed like, oh, this is a got to sign type of player. Uh, Adrian Nunez, obviously Greenville FC player, Clemson standout, but the issue with him has been international status. He's an international from Costa Rica. And in the preseason, he's not looked uh, great playing with the Triumph. He's had not really uh, the best showings. And so I don't think that he is going to get signed. Alex Tahir, I don't know. He could be doing something in training or he's not an international. He's from New York. So, you know, he would be an easy uh, 
person to slide in if you felt like he was a good depth piece for you. Uh, we And then two goalkeepers, uh, Miguel Uribe, we already talked about him. I think, again, the international status with him is a long shot. I think the Triumph likes him. I think the coaching staff likes him. Um, but it's hard to waste an international spot on a backup goalie and probably a third string goalie at this point, if we're, if we're being on it, honest. Um, and then the other goalie, Santiago Restrepo, who is a Greenville local. Um, he, I don't know. We haven't seen any of the backup goalies other than Paul Christensen in preseason. So I can't really speak to how good he is or if he would be a good piece, a good third goalkeeper to sign, you know, that's something that they're going to need. So, uh, what do what does this team need? Well, like we said, they're one shy of goalkeeper and one shy in the midfield of what they were last year at the end of the year. Uh, if I'm looking at the roster right now, I think your main pieces you need, you need a third goalkeeper because there are going to be times when Dallas J is out on international duty. Somebody might get in, injured, either himself or Paul. So you need to have a third goalkeeping option. That's just smart business in my mind. I mean, I guess you could always sign one in a pinch, but you want somebody who's been in the team, been training, knows, has the chemistry, can slide in and not starting from absolute scratch. Um, Another position I think you need to look at is some right back depth. Abdi Muhammad, I think, is going to be your starter there at right back. Cesar Murillo played both at center back and played a little bit out at right back. I think even... (laughs) Carlos Gomez was playing out on the wing at one point, like the right back wing-ish in the Charlotte match. Maybe I was just seeing things or got him mixed up with somebody else. That the the field at Bob Jones in comparison to the stands is a lot harder to kind of tell who people are and where everybody was. But I thought I might have seen that. But I think right back would be a good position to find a another signing. And then uh, another place that I could see us needing some depth is in that central attacking midfield. I think uh, that 10 spot is going to be Carlos Gomez's until someone wrangles it away from him. And I think you got a lot of talented midfielders on this team so far, but I think that uh, there's not a ton of depth at that particular position. Um, I think Aaron Walker could play up there at the 10. That's not really where he's played primarily, but he has scoring chops. We've seen that. Um, I just, I would love to see more of a, an attack-minded uh, depth piece to play alongside of behind Carlos Gomez or even challenge Carlos for some playing time. So that's that's kind of the needs I see at the moment. Obviously, you know, who knows? Anything could come, anything could come up. Anybody could be slotted in uh, in terms of signing. I think. Uh, another guy that has been trialing, you heard coach Harks talk about it. His name's Harry Hawkins. We did not talk about him on the last podcast cause he did not, he was not on the roster during the Charleston match. So just a little bit about him. He's English. So again, I think the international status thing is going to be an issue for him. He's a defender. Um, his, his, uh, career includes, he, he played his college ball at Hofstra and then he played for the Long Island Rough Riders and Ventura County Fusion and NPSL while he was in college. He has played with the New York Cosmos, Penn FC, and Loudoun United of USL Championship, those last two. So, I mean, he's he's got some experience, um, but he's still relatively young, uh, 27 years old. So he's, I mean, I guess he's middle-aged in terms of soccer players, but uh, a guy that came in and got some got some playing time there in the in the Charlotte match, 
Don't know, obviously, what he did versus North Carolina would be a good defensive piece potentially. But again, I think the international stuff is going to hang him up. So where else could this team look to sign players? Well, they could always do academy contracts like they did towards the end of last year. The only downside with that is you normally have younger guys who are uh, either in high school or college and, you know, getting them to be able to train on a professional training schedule is going to be a task. And so it's, can they earn a earn time playing? I don't know. I don't know. I just, I I think that's going to be tough for this team. The other thing we could look at is as major league soccer season and USL championship season are ramping up. Now their rosters are going to maybe thin out. You're going to see guys get dropped or, Uh, cut from teams or maybe not making final rosters and there might be some good pieces out there still to pick up uh there's you know there's just people floating around who knows maybe an overseas signing I, I, i see that as a lot more doubtful than picking up potentially someone domestic so uh that is basically the end of the show today in terms of uh what we're going to be processing for preseason in terms of looking back. Uh but want to make you aware of a couple things coming up. First off, the Brewery 85 event that's happening happening tonight if you're listening to this on the day that it drops, Wednesday, March 11th. Uh so that is going to be tonight at Brewery 85. Uh, it, it's a <laughs> the team phrased it as a partnership announcement. So my guess here is that Brewery 85 is going to be producing a beer, a Greenville Triumph beer. That is just, that's my guess of what the main thrust of this event is. However, we saw today that the day I'm recording this on Tuesday, that the Richmond Kickers released their new kits for 2020. So I'm wondering if there is going to be a potential surprise kit appearance here at the Brewery 85 event. I don't know. I don't have any inside information on that. Just a guess. We shall see tomorrow night. And then on the 21st of March, the afternoon from 4 to 6 at Hampton Station is the season ticket pickup event for the Greenville Triumph. They have announced that today as well. So lots of cool events coming up for the team. In terms of coverage here on the podcast and over at GVLsoccer.com, here's what you can expect over the next two uh, two, two and a half weeks as we get ready for the season. Uh, today, obviously, you're getting the preseason recap podcast. You're at the end of that, so congratulations. You've checked off the first piece of, uh, of coverage you're going to get over the next couple of weeks. Tomorrow, we will have a recap of the Brewery 85 event on the blog. Uh, and then on the 16th, I will be releasing an article over at gvlsoccer.com, the bold predictions for the year. I did this last year, and uh, hit those pretty pretty well. We'll look at how I did last year and what my predictions for year two are. Next Wednesday, the 18th, I am going to release an interview that I'm recording on Tuesday with Stephen Short, the Executive Vice President for USL League One. If you have questions that you would like to ask Stephen Short either about the league, expansion, Greenville, Triumph, whatever it is, uh, go ahead and tweet those to me. Shoot me a DM. Uh, I would love to get those on the agenda to talk to Steven about. Uh, and then the following day, we'll be looking at the biggest matches for the 2020 season. Then the next week, Monday, the 23rd, we are going to have a season preview podcast uh, where we'll look at week one uh, for sure, but but 
also just preview the entire season. The next day on the 24th, uh, we will have an article at gvlsoccer.com, the preview for the Chattanooga Red Wolves home opener. And then finally, on Wednesday the 25th, we will have a Riot Report Week 1 preview where we will make picks for the week and uh, get you ready for match day on the 27th as we welcome the Chattanooga Red Wolves. Hey, thanks for tuning in again this week. Uh, and we will hit you with all the coverage over the next couple couple weeks. Hopefully you are staying tuned to everything, following us over on Twitter at YTSS Podcast. And until next time, we'll talk to you later.